Welcome to another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable with your host, Mindy Harley. Warning, listening to this podcast might cause you to shatter your limited beliefs, recognize your potential and motivate you to be the best you can be. Other side effects may include, but not limited, to grabbing life by the balls, taking no crap from anyone, becoming an unstoppable force at various aha moments to get you thinking outside the box. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable, and this is such a special episode today for so many reasons. Number one, <laughs> uh, this is the first video uh, call that we're going to have in podcast, and with the beautiful, gorgeous, stunning Nicole Monier is my oh, guest today, and <laughs> Nicole and I have gone back years, like just over a decade now, I think, but Nicole... Yep. I mean, I'm just going to read off, like, you've accomplished so much, and you've done so much, and there was so much about you that I didn't even know, like, with your story as well, but shit, like, you went, you're a licensed check, holistic lifestyle coach, you're a root cause protocol consultant, you're a NASM uh, certified personal trainer, Reiki master, balanced body Pilates instructor, catch my breath, <laughs> <laughs> Healthy and happy living co- cooking coach, motivational speaker, retired IFAD bikini pro and Olympian. She's a mom, an author, 2009 Miss Bikini Universe Classic, and she has over 20 years experience in the health and fitness industry. Holy shit, Nicole. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Mindy. Thank um, you. I'm so honored to be here and excited to chat it up with you. I am so excited to chat it up with you, too. And... At what time right now to be doing it and discussing everything that's going on and to go deeper into this because things that are going on right now, you and I have been well aware about for years now and it's all come to the surface now where everybody else is starting to say like, okay, whoa, wait a second, maybe I need to learn some more. Maybe some people are still thinking, you know, everything I'm doing is fine. Um, I don't need to pay any closer attention to the circumstances of why I keep getting into this, this same rut of health and sickness and stress and disease. And you know what? We are in this system, this matrix that is just promoting it even more. Right? Yes. Yeah. Right? So everything you're saying is, is um, spot on with, regards to, um, you know, being aware of stuff for 10 years and then the learning. So like you said, a lot of people are just learning now, but the thing is the learning never ends. And if Mm -hmm. anybody, you know, ever says like, I think there's a saying, what is it? The more, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, if we stop learning, we stop growing, we stop evolving. So, um, even though I've been in the health and fitness industry 20 years, I know a lot, but there's a lot I don't know. And there's a lot I'm learning every day. And I'm just glad that I'm open. And especially now with everything that's happening in the world, I've been open to taking this information in and f- critically thinking for myself mm-hmm. and even exploring more. And even in certain areas of life where it's like, whoa, is that true? Could that really be possible? Yeah. You know, so, but again, you and I have talked kind of off, off the call about a lot of this stuff. And so there's so much that 
we have in common as far as some things we've experienced. There's some things you've experienced that mm. I haven't, but then it's like, we've heard this side and I, this side, but then it's like, you have the real life experience on some things and I have the real life experience on other things. So yeah. it's like, can't debunk that. Yeah. yeah. Everything's getting debunked, but it's like, how can you debunk someone who's really been through it? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing with, you know, so, so much information and it's our, it's our personal experiences and our realities that, that shape who we are. Right. And I think it's always a process of evolution and growing. Like you said, the more that you, you try to learn and you learn and more you realize you don't know. And isn't that a beautiful thing to be able to learn and discover more. And I think the big thing that we need to crack open now is that how long we've been deceived with our health, our governments, our, our nutrition, our, the laws that are in place for that, what's going on with our, with our food chain, our food supply. And like with your story, um, you know, when you told me about your history and stuff and your, your process of, of learning and going through, um, you know, all those experiences in your life where you're like, okay, and you've added on more knowledge, added on more knowledge, and you're just recalibrating, 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 right? And you're now you're on this path where your beliefs and your health protocol are totally aligned. And what, and that's, they are now, they are now. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's get into that story. Let's, let's tell everybody your story. Cause you've got a fucking phenomenal story. And yes, there's swearing on this. <laughs> Sorry for all of Nicole's <laughs> listeners. Um, hi guys. They're virgin, I, they're virgin ears. <laughs> I, I've had a potty mouth since I was 12. So they're here. There you have it. <laughs> my, my potty mouth stopped when I became a mom. Let uh. me tell you. And now like, he'll keep me in line. He'll be like, mommy, that's a bad word. And I'm, I'm not even saying like, F you. I'm saying like, oh my God, that's stupid. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I was born sick and I was sick my first three weeks of life. My dad was a medical doctor and my mom was a nurse. They met in the hospital and I did have a brother who was five years, my elder, and my entire family is deceased. So my dad died 24 years ago. I was 23 at the time. And then he was age 57. And my mom died in 2012. Yes, 2012. And she uh, was 69. Both of those were unexpected. And then my brother died in 2018. He was 50. And again, his his was unexpected. He had been sick on and off his life, but it was it was a sudden death. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of people will look at me and they'll be like, "How how do you manage? How do you get through life? And it's like, you know, I think when my dad died, I was so young. Uh, I was 23. We didn't have a healthy relationship. And that really, like, I was so lost. I went into a depression and and I was never that type of person um, to ever be depressed. And death does different things to different people. We all grieve differently. And you, of course, have experienced that too. And so, uh, you know, I think six months after my dad died, I like shook myself and I went and got help and I went to counseling, you know, and initially his partner, his best friend, they came from, they, um, migrated from Pakistan, uh, India to Pakistan. He was born in India, migrated to Pakistan. And then they came to the U S together and they did their residency here in Chicago. And then they opened up their own practice in LaGrange, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, at that time, his dad was somebody I'm sorry, my, his partner was somebody that I trusted. And so, 
you know, he was like, oh, you know, you need to go to a psychiatrist. And I'm like, I don't need to go to a psychiatrist. I need to talk. Yeah. You know, I got to talk. Like, this yeah. isn't, this isn't like pop a pill. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so yeah, so I, I did go to that and that was a huge part of my emotional healing. But to kind of go back to where my health was, I ended up having asthma, allergies, IBS, ruptured ovarian cysts. Um, a reoccurring sinus infections, chronic fatigue. I had abnormal pap smears, precancerous cells. Uh, I was, I was basically always sick. I had a lot of, um, I have plantar fasciitis, tendonitis in my elbows. I just, I was, I mean, this, this was okay. I'm going to be 48 in November and this was in my teens and twenties. You know, when people say, Oh, age, age, you know, like getting old sucks. I'm like, Okay, I'm almost 48. I have no health problems and I have yeah. no chronic pain. But 20 years ago, I couldn't say that. I was going to the doctor every week, whether it was for allergy shots, getting on different antibiotics. Like even I had acne in my later years. Mm. Uh, anytime I was sick, like my dad would feed me antibiotics. And so here it is. My dad's a doctor. Of course, I trust him. My mom's a nurse. I trust her. And um, they did what they were taught. Yeah. And so, um, after 33 years, I was just getting sicker and sicker. I wasn't getting better. You know, I was on med after med. Uh, I remember when I went to college, my dad gave me this, this little like, um, Tupperware, you know, container. And was it like a pillar? <laughs> it was, it was, you know, like the ones it, it would, it could probably fit under a bed. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was, it was about this size. Okay. Is yeah. that Tupperware? I don't know what those are called. But yeah. <laughs> So, but I had every single drug in there, like everything from Cipro, you name it. So it was like, if, if I felt something coming on, instead of like calling my dad or calling student death, right at, at, at college, we called it student death instead of student health. I would just pull out my little case of prescription drugs and take whatever, you know, like I, I had all these, these health problems, like I said, okay. No, I'm just saying it's like like popping your pills out of this case underneath your bed. It's <laughs> like, give me a second. Right? I was like, I was like, I thought it was so cool. So anyway, uh, but now, like, I look back and I laugh now. Literally, I'm like, oh my god, how was I so stupid? <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, getting sicker and sicker until 33, like I had horrible PMS. I was always in the, like some of the things I'm, I'm again, I'm remembering as we're talking. Yeah. I was in the nurse's office every month for my period, okay? Ugh. And so then I ended up um, at age 33 changing diet, nutrition, like nutrition completely and supplementing. And here's the thing. I started competing in Fitness America, which was the dance routines, okay? Mm. That was way before bikini. Yeah. And that was in 2001. And so even then, like I transitioned from, I mean, I ate sugar every day. So even though, um, I looked healthy on the outside, I was dying on the inside. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that can relate. There's a lot of people that may look healthy and even in the fitness industry, they look healthy, but they're destroying their, their in, insides mm-hmm. with whether it's, you know, chemical, um, toxicity from foods, emotional, mental toxicity. Yeah. So there's so many different, different ways to look at that. But so anyway, even though I made that transition, it's like, here I was eating sugar every day. I stopped eating sugar with my very first coach for Lent. 
So, and I, I made it through lunch and I was like, okay, this is good. And I did that kind of as a practice. And then it would be like, I'd eat well for the show and then I'd go back and just eat whatever, you know, I didn't care. So it really, it really wasn't a healthy lifestyle. And, you know, again, when I, I get, you know, and then here's the other thing. I had IBS too. Had. Mm. So I had over a dozen chronic conditions and I was on over a dozen prescriptions and I wasn't getting better. Yeah. And so since 2006, I've been prescription free and I do not depend on our healthcare system. I actually don't even have health insurance. So that's kind of like my little bit of freedom there. So as, you know, a licensed check professional and root, call, root cause protocol consultants, I get a lot of clients who not just want to look good, but they want to feel good because most people today feel like crap. Yeah. You know, they don't have the energy, whether they're 20 something or 50 something. And, and so, um, you know, I went through this true transformation like in 2006 and that's where, you know, I, you know, they talk about like when the pain of staying the same is too much is when you change. And it was yeah. like, I was sick of being sick. It wasn't like I went into this, like I ended up going to an integrative doctor for my PMS. I was on the pill. I've been off the pill since 2006. The pill made me like a crazy psycho. Yes. <laughs> So, yes. So, oh my gosh. So many negative, negative things, um, to birth control. Mm. So mm -hmm. anyway, got off that and I didn't do that progesterone cream. Cause somebody was like, Oh, go, go get progesterone cream. And yeah. when I went in, they're like, well, that's just going to mask the problem. They're like, let's do this. And so then I just kind of followed this person. And again, it wasn't like I had this, you know, like now I really have clear cut goals mm -hmm. and I, I would say I had clear cut goals then more so like professionally and what I wanted to accomplish, but nothing like under health. And it was like, you know, I, I mani manifested it unconsciously. Yeah. So, because I've, I've completely and totally turned my health around, defeated the odds of, you know, people saying genetics and hereditary because my entire family died from heart disease. So you know, here I've gone through this transformation and it didn't just start and end in 2006. I have continued to change things and add more things in and eliminate more things and listen to my body. Most people are so numb to their body. Mm -hmm. They ignore it. Yeah. They ignore it till, you know, sometimes it's too late. Uh, you know, they, and in, in a way that's how our society is taught to kind of numb our feelings, numb our emotions. Mm -hmm. And, and that's a lot of my mental and emotional healing and journey too. And, you know, becoming now where I'm at, I'm definitely more in tune with my body, what my body needs when I need to say no, you know, saying no is not easy. Yeah. 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 No, you're, you're so right on that. And, you know, listening to your body and that's a big thing too. And I, you know, I, I share that, that same belief with your, with you as well, with being really intuitive, listening to your body not depending on the, you know, the hospitals or healthcare system. That's been a, a huge belief of mine instilled into me from my dad and stuff. You know, both my, actually both my parents really hated going to the hospital for anything. My dad um, had, was in an accident, broke his hip. Uh, he was working up north, um, like in the 70s, and one helicopter would come like once a month. So he broke his hip and he sat up there for a month using the power of his mind to make it through. Wow. So that was something that always stuck with me. It was like, I'm going to be healthy. I'm healthy. The what I think goes into my mind, 
that's it. That's my belief. And I've always believed that too. And I don't rely, like, I don't like going to the hospital. I listen to my body as well. Like, does it, does it need, does it need rest? Does it need this mineral? Like, is there something missing? I try to do my best with that as well. And of course, speaking to you off, um, you know, on, on the phone, I'm just realizing again that you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. And there's just so much more to know, even like for me, you know, silver hairs are a thing. And then I'm looking at yours and you're like, <laughs> we can get rid of that. And I'm like, shit, like, where is this information out there that people, you know, are just living with that, not realizing there's something going on in their body, a deficiency that they can fix and fix from the inside. And I think that's the thing too with our, our nutrition, what's in our foods, everything is really actually numbing us from that connection with our body. Well, our food system is actually a weapon. So kind of mm. to talk a little bit about that. Please. Uh, genetically modified foods. If people haven't heard of glyphosate, it's also known as Roundup. It's um, used on so many crops, oats, uh, wheat. Um, I don't know. There's, there's so many crops it's used on. There's also um, several other chemicals. Like if people aren't eating organic or non-GMO non foods, they really don't know what else is in their foods. And so for me, a huge part of my transformation was food. Yeah. And initially I had switched from shopping at Jewel and it's not like, okay, I'm bashing Jewel because Jewel had this little organic aisle and I thought I was, you know, getting what I needed. But then, um, you know, even though I would get organic chicken there, oh no, it, it did not feel good after I ate it. And then, you know, I'd go get organic chicken at Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. And again, I'm not plugging these things. I'm just letting yeah. people know. And, yeah. and it's like such a difference. So it's not just because the label says organic, but also, you know, certain farms, that's a whole nother topic. Oh my gosh. Well, now I'm intrigued because I have, a, I have a, a sensitivity of chicken that my mom had too, that I developed. You are what you eat, eats. Oh, fuck. Think about that. <laughs> Think about that. Skim around that. Yeah. You are what you eat, eats. So if your food, whether it's a plant or an animal, is eating chemicals or genetically modified foods, okay, yeah. then you're eating that. Mm. Yeah, so so one of the first things I do with clients is, you know, have them make that switch yeah. from non-organic to organic. And so I did a motivational talk on this last year at a health summit, and one of the um, facts that I mentioned in the talk was how there was a study done and it's, um, I think the living soil is the name of the book. Mm -hmm. And they did a comparison of people who switched from non-organic to organic foods. And from that change, there was a reduction in people with rheumatoid, rheum I can't even say the word, rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis. arthritis. <laughs> okay. And then uh, re reduction of allergies and infections and colds and heart problems were pretty much gone. Wow. And so, I mean, I can attest to that right here because the cleaner I've eaten, this is something other, this is another myth, okay? <laughs> like people think like, oh, okay, if I eat too clean, then I'm going to get too sensitive. No, this is the part where people need to tune in to their body. Yeah. It's not that you're too sensitive. It's that you weren't listening. Yeah. 
So now you start to eat and you notice, oh, because before you weren't paying attention. Kind of like me, my first 33 years of life, it took me 33 (laughs) flipping years to figure out that food was causing majority of my health problems along with antibiotics are detrimental to your gut health. So I had leaky gut. So I had all these holes in my gut. So food just seeps through, doesn't digest. So that's where, you know, I I was always sick with the IBS, everything. And so I've spent a lot of time healing my gut, still always healing my gut, but also making sure the food I'm eating is clean. Yeah. And uh, so, and again, I've had clients too that look at me like I'm the devil when I say, you know, you know, they, they come in and they think they're eating healthy because they're yeah. eating chicken and spinach and oats and eggs or something. And when I get them, you know, on programs, they're eating 22 different sources of protein. They're eating a variety of plants and fats and everything. And then, um, you know, I just want them to make that change to organic. And I've had clients come in with all these health problems. And after they're consistent with doing that, they notice... Uh, everything from more energy to improve sleep to uh, happiness. You know, I've, I've had yeah. people that have wanted to go get on a, a drug because they were depressed. And I said, try this. You hired me. Try it. Yeah. Give it at least 90 days. If it doesn't work, then go ahead. But try it. Because I guarantee there's nobody that's done what I've told them to do that didn't feel any better, didn't get the results they were looking for. Yeah. And so like you, you just brought up how like, you know, fixing yourself, but that's the hard part. Not mm-hmm. everybody wants to fix themselves. That's, it's a hard task. It's, it's work, right? I mean, some people don't even want to put away their laundry, let alone fix their insides. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And that was something like for like a big aha. And that was actually, I just, that was probably one of the reasons why I stopped eating chicken altogether. Cause I was like, I've got a reaction to it. And I, I actually reduced my intake of land animal meat you know, for myself because of, because of my beliefs, because everything else, I always thought, you know, everything in moderation was always kind of my, my MO with things. And, you know, since, since our first couple of talks, I got to tell you, I, I've definitely, upped, <laughs> I thought of you going to the grocery store and I got to say, I definitely piled up more organic um, choices into my grocery cart than I did before. <laughs> and I was just like, holy shit. And it's something again, like just, just knowing, but then because the uh, the whole thing with GMOs, Monsanto, and for people, and I just want to say for people who are like, wow, Mindy, like, where is this coming from um, that may not have known me? I was sharing information about GMOs and Monsanto, like, back, like, again, a decade ago, 10, 10, over 10 years ago. I was, you know, laughed at, snickered at, called conspiracy theorist. You know, that's not true. They wouldn't be doing that to us. And here we are and you know Monsanto's paying out tens of billions of dollars <clears throat> now for court like court settlements and they're still doing I mean, they're still doing the they're same still thing still able to sell the food to to Americans yeah cuz if you go to other parts of the world what's in our food is banned mm-hmm. in Europe and other parts of the world yeah. and so they're slowly poisoning us so people think like oh it's okay it's like well if you're taking just a little bit of rat poison day after day after day, yeah. it's going to add up. Yeah. And the thing is, we're guinea pigs, and we're all just as unique on the inside as we are on the outside, and who mm-hmm. knows what that's going to be. But you're right, because people, this, is, this isn't like uh, a conspiracy theory. There are thousands of yeah. court cases against Monsanto, which is now bought out by Bayer, 
-hmm. and they try and hide it. And you don't really hear it reported in the mainstream media, you know, that these people are winning these cases for cancer because Mm -hmm. it's linked to cancer. So, so Roundup glyphosate, which again, if it's not organic is linked to not just cancer, it's linked to infertility. Okay, I work with a lot of women, and that was that was actually me. That's another part of my story. We'll get to that in a second. With mm-hmm. you know, I got pregnant naturally at age forty-one, and I had almost given up. But um, so it, it's not only is it linked to infertility, it's linked to autism, it's linked to digestive disorders, it's linked to miscarriages, it's it's linked to so many problems. I have clients, and th- this is the thing. Like it's. Again, the more consistent people are, the more they really notice. But it's like chronic pain and inflammation for sure. Yeah, is is a huge factor with these chemicals that people don't realize. You know, I, I get them to change, and again, like their pain's gone. You know, or I've I've worked with celiac clients, and they've gone to doctors and RDS, and doctors aren't gods. And I say that, and and I have a lot of doctor friends, and I mm-hmm. believe that doctors are good for, you know, certain things, but we don't need medicine for everything. And medicine, if I would have stayed on that path, I probably wouldn't be alive today. I definitely would not have had a child. And if I was alive today, I probably would have MS or something of the sort. Mm. And so, um, to back to the doctors, I do have doctors that I go to as needed. And, but again, a lot of things I can manage myself because I kind of have the tools for my education, my own experience, again, working with so many clients, but I have my healthy tribe and that's out of pocket. And let me tell you, it's not a lot of money compared to health insurance. I have catastrophic insurance, but I do not have, you know, regular healthcare insurance. And um, are you there? Because your screen's yeah. frozen. Oh, okay. is it? Oh, I'm there. Yeah. Maybe I was really yeah. still. I was like really listening. <laughs> yeah. I thought to make sure I was like, are you still there? Yeah, no, I'm here. You're I'm frozen. Here. No, I'm okay. here. Okay. So, um, yeah. So anyway, in regards to the the GMOs and the chemicals, you know, again, some people think it's hogwash and that's fine. But for the people who really are sick of being sick or you know, maybe they notice certain things with certain foods. Don't knock it till you try it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's, there's a lot of, unfortunately, <laughs> there's a lot of blind faith, I feel, in these, in these corporations and these companies and these people and, and governments that it's like, oh, no, they're not going to hurt us. Everyone wants to live and be happy and healthy, right? No. <laughs> it's just all to keep us in this loop where we're just feeding their machine of, okay, they're sick, they're eating our foods, now they're going to need our pills and prescriptions and everything else, and guess what, now they're going to start dying, The you know, they're going to start dying earlier, we don't care, we, you know, we want to, we think it's great that we're going to bring down the, the world's population, and I mean, there's even more problems with Monsanto with, you know, just them wanting to get, you know, like the, the trademarks on seeds and everything and what they're doing to the farmers, I know in Nebraska, they're having a hard time with that, and I know I've got to talk to someone else down there that's been fighting that battle against Monsanto too that everything's been going kind of south in that in that respect and like I said that whole machine that it keeps us in where it's like okay now we're sick 
you know, and then when you turn on the TV, like I'm sick and I feel like I've got this. Now you turn on the TV and you're like, oh, look, there's an ad for this prescription. And I, and I haven't watched TV. Um, like we, Sean and I disconnected like our, like our cable um, and in like 2017 or so 2006, like shortly after I moved to the States and it was just mind blowing. I had to find a clip of myself. I was on this show. I had to send it to my parents because my parents don't have internet or anything like that. So I had to send it to them and I had to sit through all these commercials and it was just prescription commercial after prescription commercial. And even still, yeah. it's like, yeah, but you might have heart palpitations, suicidal thoughts, uh, eczema, rash, this, 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 kidney failure. failure. It's like, okay, then I'm going to need some more prescriptions for those other problems yeah. that I've got now. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Like, come on. Like, what do you think about that? Do you think we're in, like, just this perpetual, like, sickness wheel they have us in? For sure. So that's how they keep the profit over the people. And like you, I got rid of our TV two years ago and yeah, it was the same thing. Like TV's toxic and I'm sure mm -hmm. a lot of people today can agree with everything because there's just so much misinformation, a lot of fear mongering. Uh, and again, it's nice to be <clears throat> disconnected, but for sure it's, it's this cycle. Like they're, they're trying to do so much, whether it's our food system and then pretty soon <clears throat> with COVID, I mean, food shortages because they mm -hmm. had, certain farms throughout the country yeah. euthanizing dumping milk so people can research that okay i don't know a whole lot about it but i do know that know. it's happened oh it and i was. keep hearing it and so uh shop local so i actually have a farm that comes to my house and i am a pickup location for people in the local suburbs. So oh, the farm so comes awesome. from like three hours South. Okay. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in a uh, suburb of Chicago. Yeah. So three hours down South comes, drops off food. And because my house is a pickup place one day a week for three hours, I get free food, which I am forever grateful for. Mm. So that's been going on for like three years. I get, you know, raw dairies, whether it's raw cow milk, raw goat milk, raw, raw mozzarella cheese, raw vanilla yogurt, honey, bee pollen, rabbit, uh, rabbit tastes like chicken. <laughs> oh, all <laughs> right. Like your face. Uh, you know, beef and pork and just lots of, lots of good stuff. So, so now with COVID, uh, we started growing our own. So that's another thing people can do. You know, people, a lot of people will use the excuse that organic is expensive. And I can tell you firsthand as a single mom that I've never once told myself I cannot afford. I've told myself I can't afford not to be healthy. Yeah. And now in a way COVID is a good thing because it pushed me to get this garden going sooner. You know, it was kind of on my like vision, my, my mind map, my vision board. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, we need to get cracking soon. So a man who feeds himself, frees himself. It's the same thing with the healthcare system, like taking care of yourself, hiring other people who you know, either have experience with what you're going through um, and knowing your options, researching, like maybe medicine is the only choice, but I guarantee you for most ailments, it's not the only choice, but yeah. it may not be the choice for you. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, that's where I say people, people need to be ready to change because it is hard work. Being healthy is an uphill battle every single day. 
So I mean, people will look at me and be like, oh, being healthy is easy. And I'm like, can I do this? <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, I don't think you know how hard it is to yeah. do what I do. It's like, I don't just, like, I live it. Yeah. We go to somebody's party. I'm bringing the organic gluten-free cupcakes so that my son can enjoy them. And you know what? The other kids enjoy them too. I'm making the organic gummies, the organic popcorn. You know, I'm always making food, but that's it's my way of life. And it's not like, again, this didn't happen overnight because a lot of people will hear my story and some of them are intimidated or they're like, no way. And it's like, I didn't start where I am today. This is yeah. 14 years in the making. Yeah. So it's like, we don't just build a habit like that. Mm. Yeah, especially when you need to train yourself out of it, right? And especially if you've been doing it for so long, you know, like they say, with after around 35, you know, everything's you're, everything's fired and wired in there. And it's going to take a little longer to work out work out the, that, that system, that old habit of your old routines, you know, ideologies, beliefs, you know, what whatever that brought you there. And the same thing with people like even like that are on that journey of, putting on muscle or losing weight. It's like, well, when you're losing weight, it's like, well, you didn't gain all that weight overnight in a week. It accumulated. So, you know, you're not going to lose all that weight in a week either. You got to be patient with that process. And I, and I yeah, just and go for it. Health problems don't happen overnight. So like part of my root cause protocol and my check education is I work with people and I look at their entire health history and I'm digging into things that they probably forgot about and they don't really link mm -hmm. things together. Yeah. And so <clears throat> disease doesn't pop up overnight. Yeah. And I, as a, as a, as a, as a holistic lifestyle coach, I'm looking at clients entire life, helping them manage their stress. Mm -hmm. And so that for sure has a huge impact on disease, how they management, manage it, whether it's with food or again, emotionally, mentally, how they're handling it as well. Yeah. And that's, especially the time that we're in right now. And I think just like the, again, this life that we live in the United States, um, and I know, and definitely other countries in Europe, um, every, every place around the world kind of got their own flow, but I know, especially in the United States and Canada, you know, that hustle and bustle. And I know just especially living in Mexico as well, how different it can be, but you're, it's just in the system of work, hustle, stress, or whatever's on in your life, news, media, everything that's going on right now, your body is just this cesspool of stress and cortisol hormones. If you're not properly taking care of yourself, you know, working out, having that release, taking care of your mental health, taking care of your, your, just your self-care, in a sense, you're just manifesting the sickness in you because it all starts from, from stress. And you mentioned something about, you know, 35 and up, but it's like, I think that most people, by the time they get to that master's, <laughs> <laughs> that master's age, let's talk competition talk, yeah. that master's age is when they start to become more aware and um, like, I guess kind of to explain it better is that I've accomplished a lot in my life, but my greatest accomplishment is my own healing. So like I've been the one to take initiative, to make these changes, to implement them, to find a way to work them into my life, to continue to listen to my body. And I'll tell you, there are times where I didn't want to make changes and that, yeah. you know, everybody's ready at different, different times. And so even though my journey has been 14 years and going, 
through that 14 years when I was implementing other changes, there are times where I was like, I need a break. Yeah. You know, so, so for people who are out there listening that, you know, they need a break, they fall off. Don't beat yourself up. But at the same time, if people are up and down and up and down and back and forth between, you know, their goals, then that's more of a deeper rooted issue. Yeah. Looking at the root cause of, you know, again, I work with a lot of people with addictions. I didn't mention this with addictions and eating disorders, um, abuse, rape, abortion. Mm. So mm. our body stores everything. It certainly does. Everything. Yeah. And so, and that's where I say like, you know, I'm my first client. So I, I know my history. I even, you know, I share it with my clients so they can kind of, con- it kind of helps them connect the dots. So I'm like, yeah. here, look at, look at this. Here's my history. So you can kind of see, cause then it really maps out and really helps people see and kind of connect like, you know, yes, I need to be aware of the food I'm eating, the toxic food, but then I also need to be aware of the other things in my life yeah. that aren't serving me yeah. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's one thing I want to have, um, you explain a little bit more too, is that something we talked, um, off on our, on, through text and stuff, but with people having that assumption that, yeah, they are eating healthy and clean or whatever else you brought up that it goes again with it. You are what you eat, eat what's going on. You mentioned before about the soil. What was that? Oh, okay. What was that? Okay, so there, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Let's bring that up again. Here's yeah, another one. The health of a man depends on the health of the soil, just like, remember this, cause we'll talk about my, my pregnancy in a minute yeah. or whatever, a little bit, the health of a woman's womb determines her child's health. Mm. So you gotta have that healthy soil cause yeah. the fetus is bathing in that. And then yeah. again, our food is bathing in that soil, yeah. eating it, whether it's a plant or an animal, and then we're taking it in. So we're taking on that life force, that energy, of the animals and plants. So imagine if your animals are living in crowded, stressed out conditions, no wonder why you're stressed out. <laughs> that was something you know what I had first heard about that theory. Shit. It was a bikini competition in Winnipeg. And I was Do my arms look as good as yours. Oh gosh. I just wish I had a pump. You know what? Sorry. COVID I lost ten pounds. I, I got I, I gained some like abs, but I lost my ass. <laughs> I worked out earlier. I chugged my supplements. This is still my pump. This is all show. <laughs> this, is, this is deception. <laughs> um, shit. Where was I? <laughs> oh, yeah. I first heard about that theory, and I'm going to give her credit to Rachel McDonald, and she had told me about that. And it was something that always stuck with me about the animals and the fear and what's going into them, and you're eating that. And it was just kind of like this, shit, that must have been fucking 2004 Wow. 2003, I heard that. Yeah, this was like doing bikini competitions at like the Yacht Club in Winnipeg. This is going way back. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone listening from Winnipeg will know. But yeah, um, and that is such an industry, interesting, interesting um, thing to really just sit and marinate on, I think, and just really like let that sink in. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and like, especially like with your saying, just your own, now the fact that you did all that, did your, did your recovery and what people don't know about you as well, I'm going to, I'm going to bring it up, um, that you've healed yourself too from vaccine injury as well. And that's another, yeah. and that's another big issue too, 
Can we crack into that one with you? Do you mind? Sure. Do you mind? Sure. Yes. So I had only seven vaccinations, but I was born sick with an upper respiratory infection from the vaccination. And then a couple months later, had more vaccines and ended up with a fever. And then in my teens is when everything really started to come to light because 14, 15 is when like the asthma kicked in, the IBS, the acne. I think at 19, I had surgery to remove precancerous cells from abnormal pap smear, uh, the re the reoccurring sinus infection. So it was like, and again, I had more vaccines and then, but again, I wasn't linking it. Yeah. And, um, today children receive, um, and again, I don't, I don't know because, um, and I'm totally fine sharing this. My son is not vaccinated and I think they receive like 70 or 80 vaccines by the time they're 18. And think of, think of food this way. Like when I'm working with clients, you know, the first thing I'm like, Hey, you're at the store. You're not sure. Send me a picture of the ingredients. I ingredient list. I don't mm. care about the nutrition facts. I want to see the ingredients. Okay. Cause it could say zero sugar, but then you're going to see cane sugar or brown sugar in the ingredients. Yeah. Okay. And, or you're going to see citric acid or natural flavors and that's hidden MSG. Yeah. So it's the same thing with the vaccine. How many people listening know the ingredients to a vaccine that their child has had or that yeah. they've had? Yeah. So, um, a couple things, I think I'm going to, I'm going to get on my phone here and talk to you while I look okay. at this picture, <laughs> because I have a picture that I took of, um, vaccine ingredient list. Hopefully I can find it. Um, should be in here pretty quick, but everything from aborted fetal cells to polysorbate 80 to aluminum. Uh, is there so mercury? Here, is there mercury in some vaccines? So mercury is yes. And they say, like, in some of them, they've removed it, but. You know, like, and that's really odd, because I remember being a little, like, when we lived in, you know, back home when I was living in Manitoba, and I remember we used to have this thermometer, and there was mercury in it. And I remember my dad telling me how dangerous mercury was, and don't you dare drop this thing, and it's like, don't touch it. And I think we actually had one, had a little bit of mercury. It was really weird. My dad had some in the garage. He had some mercury in a jar, I think from like a, one of the thermometers <laughs> that broke. He had like one of those giant, you know, garage, you know, like old dad garage, like thermometers. And he was just like, don't touch it. It is absolutely toxic. So what the fuck is it doing in our fucking bodies? Well, that's the thing is, so it's the same thing. What is, what are GMOs and what are, are, um, what's Roundup and glyphosate doing in our food? So it's the same thing. People, People don't know it's being put in there. And behind the scenes, there's those of us, the conspiracy theorists, the ones <laughs> with three heads who are fighting behind the scenes so that this stuff is not being put in our food yeah. or hurting our children. Because there are people working to make safe vaccines or safer vaccines. Okay. Yeah. So let me read a statistic here. Vaccines kill around 3 million people every year, approximately 1.5 of them are children less than five years old. And that is from the place that I don't really care to, to say is the World Health Organization 2018, because those of us who know enough about them know that um, they've deceived a lot of us. Yeah. So um, all in the name of profit. But um, I have a lot of clients who I've helped 
with their children or with themselves who have had either vaccine injury themselves or they've had children. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully we can get one of them or two of them or three of them. I would on, love on them. here. That's kind of but wild. yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty powerful. And so the thing is too, people don't realize that vaccine injury isn't always like you get it and then you notice right away. They have a life. Again, I'm not, I'm not a vaccine expert, but I know enough from some of the research and my own experience and working with my clients and their own experiences Yes, and, you know, noticing changes in their children where, you know, they were walking and then they get the vaccine and they're not walking anymore <sighs> or they were speaking and then they stop speaking or they lose their hearing or, um, you know, they're paralyzed or they have autism, Yeah, you know, and again, death. And so we have a vaccine injury court and which I don't know how many people are aware of that. And instead of say Merck, um, what's another big drug company, Glasgow. Yeah. Glasgow, Glasgow, Pfizer. Instead of the companies that actually manufacture the vaccines, having the liability for those who are vaccine injured. I mean, imagine this, imagine having a child who was fine until they got a vaccine at age three or four. And then for the rest of their life, they're disabled because of that vaccine. Who pays for that? Yeah. The parents. Yeah. They become a special needs child. And I work with people like this. And, you know, you can't pay for a dead child. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, and again, this stuff is hidden. You really don't, you really don't hear about these cases. And so, what we've paid over—is it four billion? Four million? I don't know. It's it's, it's got to be. It's got to be in the bill. It's got to be in the bills. <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah. So we actually—I know there's people that are trying to work to pass a bill to make the manufacturer liable again because there was a bill passed in 1986 to take that liability off. So it's important that people report to VAERS, which is B A. E is in Edward, R is in Richard, S is in Sam, um, Vayers.com for injuries. A lot of people don't report them. So then the vaccine injury number is not as accurate because it's actually a lot higher. And do you think maybe they're not, you know, uh, and, I, and I did, I, I did actually imagine for a moment when you were saying there about, with, you know, they're, they're walking and they, then they get the vaccine, they can't. And then they're talking, they get the vaccine, they can't, you know, and I just, and I did, and I, and I started to tear up there about the pain, the pain and what the, the mothers and the, the fathers are going through and the, the child the that's going through that. And you know, do you think maybe they're not reporting them because they're being told that, you know, they're, that they're these crazy, like they're, they're crazy for thinking. So there's, there's no, just a coincidence. Like, do you think they're being talked out of listening to their intuition I think that's more a personal question. I, yeah. um, I think some of these things take a lot of time. And when you have kids, kids take a lot of time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, I don't, I don't really know. I never really asked, um, people. I mean, I, I have said it, but again, it's not really like, yeah. I don't want to force my, like, you know, I've said like, you know, you should report it. You should, you should take action and really it's, it's up to them yeah. if they choose to, you know, some people, 
I mean, my brother. So, and we, this is one thing we need to mention. Medical error is the number three cause of death. Mm. Medical <laughs> error is the number three cause of death. <laughs> and it needs something stronger than water in this <laughs> shaker. I tell you that much. <laughs> so, yeah. And I saw it with my brother firsthand for um, stuff that happened with him. And, I mean, it's the same thing even... It, it's everywhere. You see it. And again, I'm not, again, bashing doctors and nurses because there are a lot of good doctors and Absolutely. nurses. But a lot of times we are a guinea pig. Yeah. Or a lot of times it's textbook. X happens, you do Y. Yeah. Okay. It's not like, okay, let's look at the individual person, which is more the holistic approach. Mm-hmm. Let's look at it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, my brother was a lawyer. He could have sued, you know, he incurred a fall under the care at the hospital when he was there for a bypass and, uh, he's a lawyer. He could have sued and he chose not to. And he actually, um, hemorrhaged like I, we thought he was going to die and he was a very intelligent lawyer and he lost his memory. Oh, wow. And so that was, that was very, um, disturbing for me to, my brother lived in California where you are and, you know, I talked to him and, and anybody who knows lawyers, they don't shut up. And so it's kind of a joke with like all of our relatives that, you know, Jimmy's calling and it's like, <laughs> he's doing all the talking, you know, like you never get a word in edgewise. So you know, I'd be on the phone with him and be dead silence. And he'd like repeat questions over and over again. And like, I remember I sent him Instacart, Whole Foods, like all this organic stuff. And, um, he's like, no, Nikki, I didn't get it. And then, you know, I asked the nurse, I'm like, what happened? You know, I'm thinking, what, what they do? <laughs> and she's like, he did get it. He doesn't remember. Oh, boy. Yeah, so it took, um, mm. yeah, he was in the hospital and in rehab for five months. And then, um, yeah, so, I mean, they, they performed a surgery that they shouldn't have. His body wasn't ready. There were other things that were going on, and yeah. they, they still went through with the surgery. And I know my brother wanted it. And, again, this was his path yeah. um, and, and his choices. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, you know, with my mother's, and my brother's death being later in life, I was at a different place in my life and I could really look at death in a different perspective. Not to say I wasn't sad, that I didn't grieve, that, you know, I didn't cry, but, you know, I can see that the pain that they went through taught me. Yeah. And so like going back to, you know, people saying like, oh, you know, like where I just want to give people the finger, like, no, I have turned my health around. I have defeated the odds. You know, I have a dad who died at 57, a doctor. Nobody took care of themselves, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally, the holistic piece. Yeah. So, but going back to the vaccines and just everything. So like my son, for example, I knew that when, you know, I was pregnant, I wasn't going to vaccinate him because I knew that the risks outweighed the benefits. And boys are actually have a, have a greater percentage of getting autism, 
seizures, learning disabilities. I mean, girls too, but especially yeah. for the autism. And so my son has been sick once in almost six years of life. I was born sick with an upper respiratory infection and, you know, I was sick on and off in my childhood and more so in my teens. And my son's father had chronic ear infections his first year of life. And I, I'm confident that was from vaccines because that's another side effect of vaccines or chronic ear infections. Oh, so I know that the choices I've made are the best choices for our family yeah. and that the choices I've made today, I mean, we're healthy and yeah. the government wants to get their hands on people like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so we don't make them a lot of money if we're, if we're healthy. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Health isn't, isn't profitable. You know, and that's no. uh, something, you know, and that's, it's so it's so eye opening because like in in my in my sense you know I'm I'm not I'm not a mom you know I don't plan on being a mom um, and like again with my whole beliefs and everything else like I was vaccinated obviously when I was younger but I mean that was well, back years ago I was born in eighty one right so I don't know how many vaccinations I actually got I remember the last one I probably got was in uh, high school in our in our auditorium where we used to do our our drama class and music class and had a shot down there and I got them because it was like, okay, I got to get this shot, you know, it keeps you healthy. And, but afterwards with like learning everything and it was kind of like, I don't know, I, I don't want to get a shot. Like if I don't need it, like I just, again, it was just kind of my belief. I was like, I don't, mm, I just don't want it. No, I don't, I don't want it. And then I know when actually moving to the States and becoming a permanent resident, uh, one of the first things, it was actually, that was actually the very first thing that I had to do besides, I think, get my photos done uh, when I was sent off on my, list of things to do for my, my residency was get vaccinated. And I didn't, and this was even like, you know, 2000, what, 2015? I didn't look into the vaccinations. I didn't, and mentally, I don't think I really want, wanted to know. Cause again, my beliefs, I'm, I'm very much like out of sight, out of mind. Don't give it focus. Don't give it energy. It won't manifest. Right. So like, even now, cause you were like, is it this, or is it this, this one? I was like, bip, 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 bip. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> And like, even still, like, I don't want to give it that energy and I'll give it that energy. And I've never been like, I've never been like, an, like, an, like in the titles, like anti-vaxxer and all this stuff, but I've been very, I've always been very pro-choice of what is best for you. What you want to do with your body is on you. Like, same thing for me. Like, I'm like, I'm, you know, what you do with your body, you're, you're a sovereign, you know, master your domain mm -hmm. and what you want to do is what you want to do. And that's how I govern myself as well. So when I saw that. Now with, you know, being in my like kind of ignorant bubble, like I don't really need to know about vaccines or really look into them. It's kind of always been like, eh, it's kind of been in this realm where I've been like, oh, there's a lot of kind of shit going on in that world. Okay. And now with like COVID, and you know, now they're saying like, you know, they're trying to make this thing mandatory going through it. I'm like, whoa, 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 whole lot of minute here. So I started to look into you know, vaccines and started to learn more. And I am just mind blown. And just knowing everything that I know in my own experience, because again, Number, number one, like growing up, like my mom was very much like, don't trust the government for anything. You look after you. The government doesn't look after you, you know, going voting. My I mom can't was, hear you. oh, can you hear me? Do you still have me? No, I can't. Yeah. Okay. You know, growing yes, up, I still have you. Okay. Great. <laughs> you guys don't understand. This is like very, this is very crucial that we have sound this time. This is our second time recording <laughs> this. Um, you know, and my Mercury and retrograde. Yes. And my, and my, my mom, you know, the same thing was like government, like 
don't trust them, like voting and stuff like that. She's like, you know, politics. She was just like, you know, fuck this, fuck this. So that was my kind of like upbringing with that. Like, you know, don't, don't trust the government to take care of you. It's what I was born with. And now smart parents, you know, well, (laughs) well, my dad was, well, my dad was like really big into politics was the other side of the spectrum with that too. But he was very much on like the, you know, power of the mind and everything else and and the mysticism, but very much loved his politics. My mom, much into the, the mysticism and in intuition, look after your health, and then fuck the government. So it was a really cool, like, polarity to be born into, um, which was a great for my upbringing. I love it. But For sure. Yeah. But, like, now, and just knowing that, having that upbringing of, like, where it's, like, you know, I, I consider myself, you know, an independent, I guess. Like, I can't, I can't vote in the United States yet. I'm still a resident. So, you know, I can't vote in the United States. I can just consider myself independent. And I see... You know, these other options that are trying to come through instead of a vaccination, which I'm like totally on board for it. I'm like, fuck yeah, if I don't need to prick myself with like your shit and cure this a different way or keep myself healthy in a different way, I am down for it. I am down for a way that is better than being stuck with a needle. And number one, like I'm learning now that this like vac- vaccines need, you know, they, they need like what a full like at least eight years minimum of testing. And now this mm-hmm. one they're going to be pushing out within like what one to two years are you kidding me? And then they're saying that's not even probably even going to work. Like why? And then why give it to kids? If kids are the most immune, why are we trying to get it on the schedule then for kids? If kids are the most immune, like nothing makes, there's just so much fuckery in it, (laughs) (laughs) which is my word for like so much shit that's going on in the world right now. You just label it fuckery and that's about it. And I am so awake now with like what's going on in there. It just makes it's just plain black and white, plain as day to me, what is going on. And I just don't want any part of it. And I would That's know good. if I had a child, I would not vaccinate that kid either. If I was in a different place and I had a kid and I had whatever, I would not vaccinate it. I would not vaccinate my child. I'd be right on board with you the same way. I know you want to say something because you have your phone out. Well, no, I not, let's see if you can. Okay, can yeah, you yeah. see that? Yeah, I'm going to read it off. So that's contents of vaccines, but it's like, it's two. So I'm going to read this real quick. Oh, gosh. So this is just a typical vaccine. But just so people know, you can actually probably search the internet for any vaccine and ask, you know, what are the ingredients? Ask what are the side effects? Look at a vaccine insert. So let's say you go to your doctor's office. You can ask for the vaccine insert and you'll see on there side effects seizures, rash, autism, death. You'll see it on there. Yeah. Okay. So contents of a typical vaccine. Some of this stuff I may not be able to pronounce, and I apologize because I'm all about eating real food. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not familiar with these foreign words. (laughs) Here's the thing. Like, I use, like, jojoba oil and almond oil. I don't use, like, chemicals, okay? I've even just, I'd say the last, um, okay, not to intimidate you, the last year or two, I've gone to more natural makeup. So, mm-hmm. like, again, I'm yeah. making baby steps myself because I'm like, okay, I want to just eliminate whatever chemicals. Okay, anyway, so let's yeah. get back to the ingredient list. So, just because I can't pronounce all these aluminum hydroxide, aluminum phosphate, ammonium, ammonium sulfate, amphotasarum B, animal tissue, pig blood, horse blood, rabbit brain. What? <laughs> okay, it's not really funny. It's funny, but it's not because no, it's not. It's, and and the thing is, this is a coping mechanism. I'm laughing because I'm so scared. <laughs> no. 
Oh, gosh. Dog kidney, monkey kidney, chicken uh, embryo, chicken egg, duck egg, calf bovine serum, beta propylactone, fetal bovine serum, formaldehyde. It's like a science experiment. Formalin gelatin, glycerol, human diploid cells originating from human aborted fetal tissue, hydrolyzed gelatin, mercury thimerosal, thimerosal myrtholate, monos MSG, neomycin, neomycin sulfate, phenoxenol, which is antifreeze. Oh, geez. Potassium diphosate, potassium monophosate, phosphate, polymixin B, polysorbate 20, polysorbate 80, porcine pig, pancreatic hydrolysate or of casein, residual MRC5 proteins, sorbitol, TRI, vero cells, a continuous line of monkey kidney cells and washed sheep red blood. So here's the vaccine dosage data. At birth, children get hepatitis B. Okay, so this is an F word. Why the F do they get that? Because how many kids are having sex at birth? (laughs) At two months, they get DPT, polio, hib, hep B. That's six vaccines. At four months, they get five vaccines. At six months, they get four vaccines. Six to 18 months, one vaccine. 15 to 18 months, eight vaccines. Four to six years, seven vaccines. By the the time a child is six months old, they are to be injected with 47 vaccines. Oh, like you see these goosebumps on my arm? <laughs> uh, speaking of chicken, this is some chicken, organic chicken skin right here. Well, not quite so organic now let's, yet. Let's talk about. <sighs> let's talk about this. So let's say you have a mom and a dad, and they come together to have a child. Mm-hmm. This is this is this is like more what I would do with my clients. Like I, when when I have clients who are coming to me with these chronic conditions and problems, we're going back to in utero. Because people don't realize, like, my story is, like, I, I didn't say this. So, like, I had, I got my check level two, my check level one holistic lifestyle coach in 2013. And seven months later, I got pregnant naturally at age 41. And I had just retired from the IFBB in, um, what was it, I think, October of 2013. And I changed my diet to where I was eating 22 different sources of protein. Okay. I wasn't just eating a couple sources. I was eating probably 15 sources of fat. Okay. Daily at every meal. Okay. And then I was eating a wide variety of plants. Yeah. Okay. And so Seven months straight. And again, I was, this is where I was like a hundred percent organic, no chemicals. Yeah. So then what happened? This healed a little more. You know what I'm saying? So I was, and again, I know God brings two people together. Everything was, you know, there, but I know that the changes I made had a huge impact. Because, you know, I thought I was healthy before, you know, I'd cleaned up a lot, even though, you know, here I was competing, I wasn't doing like the rebounding where I'd compete and then have the, you know, go eat whatever and pig out, you know, it's like, and again, that was, that was an emotional part of me where it was like, you know, filling up, where where am I not fulfilled in my life? Okay. Mm -hmm. 
And now, you know, it's like I have this balance yeah. where I don't, I don't do that. Like people are like, you don't eat sugar. I don't eat sugar. I use monk fruit and all sorts of cakes and stuff if I want it, but it's not something I want or I need. And again, cravings, mineral imbalances, mineral deficiencies. I work with people on that. So, yeah. but, um, so yeah, so I, um, had a hundred percent unmedicated childbirth. That was my goal. Oh, that was my goal. Damn. So yeah, but my, my story's pretty funny, but I'm not, I'm not going to say it was easy, but, uh, again, another thing women don't realize you are a customer, you're a paying customer. It's your choice your baby, your body, and far too many people put all of that into their doctor's hands. And I switched doctors. I walked into my gynecologist. He had a midwife, and I wanted a midwife. Initially, I was looking at a home birth, and then um, went in, and my gynecologist was like, you're 41, you're small, you're going to be a C-section. And I was like, and he's like, we don't use our midwife. I said, See ya. <laughs> I what? want somebody who's on my birth team. How many women have a birth team? Yeah. You know, what a thought. Plan your birth. You're going to plan your wedding. You're going to yeah. plan your showers. But birth is one experience that's going to be with you for life if it's traumatic. Yeah. So uh, I left. I went and I found a hospital that did water births with midwives. And so I didn't end up having a water birth. Uh, but I did have him naturally, like I said, unmedicated vaginal birth. Um, and, uh, yeah, I know. I don't know if I can do it again. Oh. <laughs> as, as, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm there. I'm high five to you. Oh boy. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> that, that's, that's why I had my team because I did, yeah. I did yeah. want to, um, so since, since we can say the F word, I'll tell you my story cause it's really funny. Okay. So, um, I ended up going in a couple of weeks early. And so then they put me on bed rest in the hospital. And so after about a day and a half, they're like, you're four centimeters dilated. You're not going home. You're having a baby today, tomorrow, the next day. And I was like, okay. So then I also hired a doula and I recommend that to everyone. And, um, so the doula is there to really coach you through everything. She yeah. will do everything. And so, um, she was on my team, uh, my son's father, and then um, my mom's best friend of 50 years. My mom was deceased at that yeah. time. And so she is a, re was a re is, is a retired labor and delivery nurse. So I had a really good team. Oh, nice. So we're in there, and, you know, I'm laboring. And in our birthing class, I learned several different positions. So I, for me, hands and knees was the best. So think about this. Like, you, you can't get ketchup out of a bottle if it's like that, can you? Like, no. if you have a bottle of ketchup, <laughs> can you get it out like this? You can't. Let's can you use a knife. <laughs> you know, the old knife trick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. But maybe that knife's going to be on top instead of in here. But, okay. Well, you could. That's a forceps. But then there's always, here's the thing. For every choice, there is a consequence. Yeah, so you got to know. you got to research. So, um... So anyway, uh, yeah, so it labored, and then I think it was about maybe, we started at about 8, 9 a.m., and then I think around like 4, 5 p.m., the doctor came in, and the doctor that was on call, like everything 
worked out. So people, I encourage you to like put your thoughts on paper, put your thoughts out there to the universe of what you want. Cause you will bring it to you. If you, if you think about what you don't want, you're going to bring that to you. And, and I'm going to talk about fear in a second. So, um, you know, I knew, I knew which midwife I wanted. There were four. And I was like, I either want you or you. And my midwife was like, well, then keep coming to me. Cause we kind of had to rotate on the appointments. So I kind of got to, to know all of them. Yeah. And lo and behold, the day that I was in labor, my favorite one was on call. And then the doctor that was like, Mr. Rogers was on call. He let me, he let me run the roost. Okay. Yeah. So the nurse that was in our office kept interrupting do you need pain meds? You sound like you need pain meds. And I was like, if I tell you I need pain meds, I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah. And so I labored on my hands and knees. And then, you know, the, the, my midwife said, she said, I can't be in here now, but I can come in as your friend when you go into labor. And she goes, the doctor's going to leave you be, you're good. So I had my, I had my team. Yeah. Okay. Remember God gives us everything we need. Yeah, it does. And you have to believe in yourself. A lot of people don't believe a lot of women don't believe that they can do it. That's what we're, you know, here for. And so, um, the doctor came in, he's like, you're nine and a half centimeters dilated, turn around, kneel and push. So I got on the bed and I'm like, I'm like kneeling, you know? And, and so my, my doula is here and I push and I turn to her. And I grab her tit and I pull it as hard as I can. And I go, I can't ever do this. And she, she goes, you need to breathe and you need to push through the pain. And then. While you're grabbing onto her tit, she says this yet. Oh, there's nothing phases her. <laughs> Holy jeez, I want to shake this woman's hand. My God. <laughs> So then I turn around and there's like 14 people in the room. Oh. They're ready, you know, to spread. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so anyway, when push comes to shove, literally I knew I needed a team because I knew that I was going to like want to bail. Yeah. You know, and going back to the fear, you know, when I left, the doctor's office, I'm human, just like everybody else. You know, there's yeah. always the thoughts there's, you know, this or that, but I tend to be more optimistic. And, um, Dr. Christian Northup has a really good book. I don't know if you've heard of her. It's uh. women's, um, women's wisdom, women's body or women's bodies, women wisdom. It's okay. one, I forget. It's, I have it upstairs. Yeah. Anyway, phenomenal book. It's like 800 pages, but there's a chart in there and it's high risk and low risk. Nowhere on there does it say age. It all has to do with like, did you want the child? Yeah. Did you not want the child? Mm. Uh, did you grow up in a loving family? Yeah. And there's, there's so many things. And when I checked that off, I was like, wow, I have 23 out of 25 on the low risk. I'm low risk. I'm not high risk, even yeah. though I was 41. And that's what I was told, you know, again, just because I'm told something doesn't mean that that's what I am or that's True to what you. I'm going to be. Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm like, you know, I'm always defeating the odds and I will, I will continue to. Yeah. So because I'm not going to do what they tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they, and, uh, and that's, and that's, and that's funny. Like 
Oh, I should go. Sorry, I'm I'm away from the mic. Uh, I was in contemplation there. And when you know when it's adopting something like that as your truth, you know, are you gonna are you gonna believe that? You know, and I and I've heard that too, and I didn't really pay it. Like I and again, the whole childbirth mom <laughs> thing. Like I, it's not again, not in, not in my world. I don't pay attention to it. But I've always heard the same thing too. Like, oh, you want to have a kid over. 40 like ooh it's always been like oh ooh oh after oh no it's like your your shit's like drying up and falling apart and <laughs> you're going to like collapse or something you're just going to implode uh, in the hospital trying to give birth to this baby i don't know like your body just won't be able to take it like that's always kind of been this thing like oh like after 40 like oh no not not a chance and it's just <laughs> something to think about that's your belief and then this whole thing too of like who are they who are they telling us and what i dig deeper into this, this whole thing of like the education system, you know, and as far as down for like the education and what the protocols and the, then the textbook and the prescriptions, and it's all controlled by the same people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that. And I think that before COVID hit, I was kind of, I, I, I live in my bubble and I've been self-sufficient regarding healthcare. Like I'm not part of the sick care system. I was for 33 years. And that was kind of where I had my head in the sand, even as a doctor's daughter and, and the daughter of a nurse. And, you know, I kind of, you know, organically found my way out yeah. to true health. And then, you know, and I'm kind of aware of the toxicity, but I wasn't really aware of the silent government. I wasn't really aware of um, how bad child trafficking is. I wasn't really aware of all these people that were in bed together and what was happening behind the scenes and how it's all connected. And I'm just grateful that when COVID hit, like in March, and I'm sure a lot of people were too, like I was glued to YouTube watching all these videos that clients sent me. And that friend sent me. And I'm just glad I was open to it. And, um, you know, again, people may hear stuff that we're talking about and it may not fall in line with their beliefs. And it's not like you and I are here to, like, force our beliefs. But if there's something that, you know, you or I have said, for sure research it. You know what I mean? Go, go out there. Ask around. You're going to find that once you do, there's a lot of people that know about this stuff, but again, not everybody talks about it because yeah. it's like talking about the truth. Most people can't handle. Yeah. And it, it pushes you out of that, that comfortable. And I, and I think it's, it's funny cause it almost kind of links into the, how, you know, the, when your body becomes the mind and the body just wants to go back to the old familiar habits and keep itself safe and just, be in this safe bubble of, oh, there might be something more that I need to know. And it's the same thing like going that extra mile to keeping yourself healthy or going and doing that extra mile to ask better questions of what's going on. And like you said, once you start looking at everything and you say this web, and you start looking at the web and you start looking at who's in charge here, 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 here. <laughs> and like, I just, you, you almost like, it's just, it's just like, wow. Like there, there's so many dots to connect and there's so much sickness and there's nothing getting help. And I mean, we've, we've talked for so long, like everyone has always said for so long, there's definitely got to be a cure for cancer. You know, they, they definitely should have a cure for cancer by now. Why, why are they don't do this? And the, the whole thing with like, even like 
CBD oil or marijuana and we know and like psychedelics like we know how much good can come from them but no we can't access them heaven forbid you know we get our hands on these and you know drive ourselves crazy or something who knows like <laughs> overdose and melt our brains which has all just been like incredible propaganda um and so just taking even those bits of knowledge where it's like yeah you know the government has been like keeping things away from us that could keep us healthier and break ourselves free from the system but it's like we just you got to be willing to be neutral in a sense like you know what maybe we've been lied to and maybe we've just been lied to this whole time so with that being said nicole i don't want to keep you any longer today because we could go on forever <laughs> but before we wrap up if there's anything else that you just want to add on this because i don't want to cut you off if you had a thought that you a final thought or anything else you want to say because i know we're going to have more episodes coming soon um and we're de i definitely want to talk to you know your clients that you said that you mentioned earlier would love to have all of us on and talk some more about this but is there anything else that you kind of want to add today before we let everyone go ah <laughs> uh, my gosh there's so many things um i don't know thank you for having me as a guest and letting me share yeah. my story um uh, and again, I feel that, you know, you and I talked behind the scenes that, you know, we're sharing parts of ourselves here, which is real and raw. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so many people are debunking things. And, you know, I mentioned like, you can't debunk someone's life. Yeah. You know, if somebody tells you their own personal testimony, how can you debunk that? Yeah. You know, and it, <clears throat> it doesn't mean that, oh, my way it's going to be for sure that's going to happen with you or you or every one of you. This is just my own personal story. And I know there's many people out there that can connect with this and there'll be many that, that won't connect with yeah. it. Um, but again, hopefully there's people that are going to walk away from this with a little more information for themselves. Yeah. Well, hopefully. To make the world a better place. Yes. Well, at least <laughs> maybe even shopping, like even myself, like I, just finished buying more organic food. So there's something like this doesn't have to resonate. Same thing that like you said, this does like, take what you will from this. If this doesn't resonate with you, if this is beyond that, but if there's something that plants a seed, maybe you're like, I can do better. You know, I can, I can reach out to Nicole or whatever. And I can, you know, find out what's going on on the inside so I can heal myself know thyself and operate as a, as a sovereign being over my body, which I think is just number one to just have full control right. and power over yourself. So again, thank you so much, Nicole, for being on the show today. Um, it's been so great cracking up all these topics with you and again to realize that yeah here we are two two people two different experiences but again on that same belief and we just want to bring more people into that awareness so again thank you so much and we'll see you on the next show thank you and that's wrap on another episode of becoming unfuckwithable and do tune in again and turn on your notifications because there will be more this is an ongoing series with Nicole Monier. I hope you guys are enjoying it and becoming a little bit more unfuckwithable. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable. If you believe you're unfuckwithable, go ahead and share this podcast.